we have an editor. He could he could have fixed you up, but mm. um, you know, but why? Wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't have prevented us from digging in your ass though. Whoa, pause. Oh yeah, Whoa. pause. <laughs> it wouldn't have prevented us from uh letting you have it. That's a, that's oh, a different show. Pause <laughs> again. I said <laughs> it wouldn't have prevented us from uh giving you the business. <laughs> pause. <laughs> This is another episode of Decoding 40. Decoding 40. What's up? This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is Hello, live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up? It's your boy, Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up? This is our... And I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> Hello, Google. I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just try to blame me out. Oh, George. I'm being a fucker. <laughs> this is a trigger warning. Killed 50 people. Politics, racism, sexual abuse, media. So this is supposed to be a food. Let, let me finish. Welcome to Decoding 40. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rock, and I am here with my main man. This is your boy, L.O. a.k.a. Ghostface Bob Villa. No one can get ill. <laughs> Nigga, did you say Ghostface Bob Villa? Yes. You said he's Ghostface Bob Villa? <laughs> That's fucking, I, I can't even follow up. It's your boy, Vin in the building. Just chilling. Um, I'm a bit of a cranky motherfucker right now. I ain't getting no rest today. And uh, they was clowning me earlier. Shout out to Rick with the baby crying and shit. This is Alaric. And by the way, that wasn't me crying. That was you crying. And that was just me telling you that you were crying. Mm. Yeah, whatever, man. I was fucking. I'm tired. Okay. I didn't get no rest today. You know. He didn't get a snappy nap. Oh, I didn't Rap. get a nappy nap. Exactly. I'm an old man. You just, you know, look at the gray in the biz. For every gray, I got to take a minute nap. Ramble Campbell starting early. You got a lot of energy. So what's going on in your life, B? Uh, I got a real problem with de Blasio right now because he's shutting down schools that he promised that he was going to open. So my youngest will not be starting preschool today um, because... Well, I don't know. In certain areas, people are not wearing masks, mostly areas that are heavily Hasidic populated. They're not wearing masks and the numbers are spiking. And now my kids can't go to school, mm. which means I can't have a day to myself after seven months of being trapped in the house with two toddlers. So, yeah, I'm pissed. I'm a little upset by that. You know, can't you just wear a, a fucking mask? Why am I going to wear a mask? I, I don't have the COVID. Everybody else has the COVID. We don't just, get the COVID. Shlomo, you're spreading it to everybody what else. What are you talking about? <laughs> All I do is I, I go to the diamond store, right? I have my bagel and lox in the morning, and I don't have to wear a mask. How am I going to eat my bagel and lox with a mask on my face? Okay, that's that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> never too much. Never too much. You didn't have to go bagels and locks, bro. Bagels and locks. I think we're gonna have to go ahead and uh, cut that one out. No, I like that. I like that. What are you talking about? I want the show to continue. That's all. 
for like saying that they eat here. bagels and locks. I didn't say they eat shit. I just said they eat bagels and locks. Yeah. If we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out on our terms. Oh, and, come and, on. And slow mo <laughs> listens to the show. Believe believe it. Slow mo is is like these guys are funny. They're gonna shut those guys down. You're gonna shut them down immediately. I don't want any of those that that the creepy one, Alvik. Get him the first time, all right? He lives here in Brooklyn. I want him dead. I want him the fuck out of here. This guy, I don't want him. I want the guy. I want the guy in the Bronx and the one in Harlem. I'm gonna get the one in Jersey. We're gonna get those fucking guys. We're gonna put him in the ground. You don't talk about us like that in this fucking place. You hear what I'm saying? We run this fucking town, not Jay Z. We run this town. Uh, my bad. Uh, my bad. Sorry. Shout out to shout out to slow mo. Shout out uh, to uncut Jim. That's I felt like we were in a movie of uncut Jim. Yo, yeah. was was that the most amazing? Oh, I love shit? That movie. Like that movie kept me on my edge on the edge yeah. of my seat for two hours, man. Shout yeah. out to really Adam Sandler movie. stepping it up, man. Stepping up his acting game, man. Yeah, he he killed that. He killed that. L, hello. What's going on with you, B? Couple of things. Um, so yesterday I um went to home depot and apparently Where else would you go? Where else would you go? Apparently though it was uh fat ass Sundays at uh home depot. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that a PHAT? Yeah, it or, was a PHAT. Yes. Okay. Uh I, I think the Dominicans are tired of uh, the Dominican women are tired of uh, being locked down in the city. So they're like all right, let's go to uh the home depot <laughs> and put these outfits on. Cuz I was like <laughs> What is that? Yo, I it looked like a club in Home Depot yesterday. I was like, "What is going on right now?" Oh, so shit. Papi, you can help me with my plumbing. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you no, I can't. To, no, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. Lay the pipe, papi. I need somebody with a hammer. You got a hammer? <laughs> I have no, a hammer. I have no you hammer. Got a hammer? I only have two eyes. <laughs> Mama, keep it moving. Um. <laughs> So I, w- I went to Home Depot because I had to pick up a few things because today is when the work started on the kitchen again. Yeah. So again with the, the uh, construction, the but I've yeah. I've learned, and the the contractor was trying to do some real sloppy shit, and I was like, you know what? Let me deal with this right on the front end and just say, listen, my friend, I know I know you want to do it this way, but trust me, I'm going to save you time in the long run because you're going to do it. I'm going to get pissed. Then I'm going to call a whole bunch of people and they're going to make you do it over again anyway. So let me save you some time here. He listened and he did it the way that I wanted to. Okay. Still fucked it up. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you got the most cross-eyed motherfucking contracts in the world. Those motherfuckers can't measure shit. Yeah, when they left, I, I, my wife and I in the kitchen because they were uh, skimming the wall. I said, is this crooked? Is this is this a hump? Or Because I didn't have my glasses on. I'm like. Is this a hump in the wall? <laughs> and she looked at me. She's like, yeah. So they're coming back tomorrow, and I'm going to have to get them to fix it. Oh, or I could, are, are they sanding? They didn't sand yet. They didn't sand yet. So, okay. yeah. You sure you don't just got a crooked wall, motherfucker? You got a crooked wall? No you know question. You have one wall in your crib, and that shit ain't right? Bro. Everybody got that one wall in your crib, and that shit is like, a, like a come on. You say one That's wall. One. There is not one leveled wall in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga's living in a fun house right now. <laughs> I got crib, one. Like, put some mirrors in that bitch. Like you want ecstasy. Like you want ecstasy in this crib. You're like, Damn, I got I walls that uh, lean towards you, uh, lean away uh, from you, <laughs> lean to the left, <laughs> lean to the right. Yo, now no. y'all want to know why he's so messed up. That's his walls. <laughs> 
There's not Fucking one level wall in the, in, the, in the whole apartment. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm confident. And the other thing was they have to take the uh, the lower cabinets out, but they they couldn't just cut our water off. So they have to cut the entire building's line off. Oh, so wow. so none of my neighbors are going to be happy right now. No. But or tomorrow. Um, but you know I'm not going to say anything if you don't. So you know we're going to keep moving. You know that said, I'm I'm optimistic. We're not we're doing a pared down um, reno, so we're working with management because that the reason we have to do it is because the damage was because of the uh, work that was done through the capital uh, improvement project. So they've agreed to do a lot of the uh, cost and 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 work. So this that was good. Getting, this nigga's getting marble floors. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. He's I getting, wish he's like I'm getting a water fountain in my crib, nigga. That's what I do. I get no. water fountains. <laughs> they, 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 they are trying to. <laughs> they are trying to do the bare minimum, but I'm trying to keep pushing the. Uh, oh my god, the situation. But more importantly, though, I received my absentee ballot in the mail the other day. Hey. Yeah, mm. yo, this feels like the golden ticket when you see it in your mailbox. It's like. <laughs> Or license to kill, but uh, it was like, <laughs> yo, like I really felt excited about voting for the first time in a long time, um, mm. and nervous at the same time because it's like, yo, are they going to try to disenfranchise me? So I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to drop well, it off. Why? Why are you doing mail-in? Just just curious, out of curiosity, because it's a pandemic. Why not early? Why not early voting? No, in New York, if you get the uh, ballot ahead, it's absentee or early. It's it's interchangeable almost. Okay. Yeah, well, it's not. Why, why don't you? Why, why don't you just go down to the voting place there and uh, cast your vote early voting? You can't do that. I could. I, now that I have the ballot, I could actually drop it off. Yeah, drop it off. I th- I don't know. I can't because I'm. I'm just. I had this vision of the mailman and be like, "Yeah, get all the votes in Harlem, throw them in the fucking river. <laughs> yeah, all the black votes, throw them in the fucking river right over here." Trump won New York. How the fuck did he win right. New York? Like, how did that happen? And, and that's that's Trump. the creepy thing that's in my mind. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like he might try to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then after that, the last thing I want to uh, talk about is um, friend, our friend who we actually talked about the other day, uh, Jenny P has re- resurrected the HBCU book club. So we are going to be reading Eloquent Rage by uh, Brittany Cooper over the next month and we're going to meet on November 8th so if you want to join us it's not just for HBCUs if anybody who can actually read and wants to participate in a conversation uh, just hit me up at uh, on IG at the other Leon and I will get you all the information that you need is it cheating if I do audible book no <laughs> it's cheating if you come in and, and say you read the book and you haven't read the book he's going to do that too <laughs> Well, the best part I heard, I mean, I wrote, uh, I read. Uh, you know. You're doing a lot of these, like, I agree. Yes, that's a great point. I concur. <laughs> well, Vin, what's true? True. I mean, true. honestly, I, I can't add anything more than what these fine people yeah. have said. <laughs> no, but seriously, if anybody wants to just hit me up on IG, and uh, I'll get you the information that you need. That's what's up. Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Code and Party, goddammit. Vin, what's going on in your life, B? 
Ah, nothing much, man. Just <laughs> work is work. You know, it's been kind of quiet the last last week, which is good. And um, I, like I said earlier, I didn't get enough rest today. You know, the, the dog is uh is 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 home now, right? So he's barking and she's barking. Excuse me. Uh, it's funny. I took her out outside the other day. The dog is like not even five inches tall yet, right? It's it's a tiny little thing, and the dog was growling. As some other dogs, like the dog, the dog was acting like it was six foot seven. I was like, <laughs> that dog over there could eat you in one bite. Like, chill, son. You better learn your role. But uh, other than that, man, it's just, it's, you know, good times. Good times. Yeah. So all it's you needed a- all the time was a pocket dog. We didn't know. Mm. We didn't know. Nah, it's going to get bigger, actually. They say that it doesn't get full grown to a year. Um, it's supposed to be 12 to 14 inches tall. Okay. Uh, you so, know, he's gonna, so count your days, Fluffy. Yeah, yeah it's going to be. <laughs> Count your days, Fluffy. Wow, I'm not getting rid of this one. Yes, you are. Like, I'm not. As soon as you admit that, the, the more we all no, can I'm enjoy not. this book. No, we have I'm a not. pool going on. We have a pool going on. We just we got we got a we working on months. How many months this dog's gonna last? No, my dog's gonna he, he she's gonna be all right, man. This is a pandemic dog. Soon as the COVID situation is lifted, that dog is out of here. Out of here. You trying to say I'm renting the dog, motherfucker? Yes, 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 oh, yes. man. Fuck you, you in your... An option. Fuck you in your crooked walls, man. Talk about my dog like that shit. God damn it. You are leasing with an option, motherfucker. You are I like that option. little motherfucker. Uh, I like the dog. I like the dog. The dog's got moxie. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But everything's good, man. What's up with you, Mac? Oh, shit. So two things. One is I have started looking at flights. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to go somewhere for Halloween, and I'm terrified, but uh, I'm looking at flights, and um, I'm seeing who's got the the least amount of people on the plane and what that's going to cost. And um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, I have a lot of friends that have traveled. They're giving me a lot of tips on how to dress and what to wear and how to move and all that kind of stuff. So I really do need a break. So you are going to wrap your face in plastic and just poke two fucking holes in your nose. <laughs> That's what you got to do to get on I'm, COVID airlines. I, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear two masks and a face shield and Jeez. look crazy. I take pictures and send it to y'all. Cause I know y'all going to clown me about it, but it's all right. Um, and then the Nigga, second, not the face shield. yeah, I got the face shield. We got, we got, we got face shields <laughs> in the crib. Yeah. You got the Louis yeah, Vuitton face shield. If you need dental work, if you need any, whatever, I yeah, got this you. Nigga look, he walking this around looking like a Mario Brothers with a welding helmet on and shit. I bet but, you, but they're going out as twins looking like that. Um, and you know, you know what's funny about when I first put the facial on, I was like, I'm not wearing this shit outside. <laughs> That's really how I felt. But you know what's good about it? It's like, you should have with on, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. When you put it on, like, there's like a piece on the top, right? It's like this, like, it's like this piece. Sweatband. I put it on a live. And yeah, uh-huh. and it was like a sweatband. It works like it. So when you sweating underneath this thing, it absorbs the sweat. It's actually all right. Yo, does it flip up? That does not make it cool. Right. Now, does also, flip up? nah, it doesn't flip up. Yo, if I saw you outside and I was a kid, I'd throw a fucking <laughs> egg at you on Halloween, son. I would fucking try. I would try my hardest to hit that fucking helmet shield. <laughs> yeah. Yo, and then and then I talked to a client today. He was like, Mac, I got a problem. I said, what's up? He's like, I need your help. This is a true story. He's like, I got a half a million masks in the warehouse and I can't fucking sell them. And I don't know what to do. You got to help me. Why He's can't got, you sell them? Because. They're expired. Well, first of all. First, no, no, no. <laughs> masks don't expire. First of all, first of all, they're from, they're from China. So they have That's China right. markings on them. And people, mm. like some people don't want to do it. B is that 
everybody has jumped in the market. Like you can go get a mask on the corner, right? So that's one is the mat the market has been flooded with it. And there's a hundred people trying to sell them. So um, so we're working on a on a plan on how to get rid of these masks for this client. And he's I got the plan like, for you. Sell them. I'm transit. listening. You put made by the stripper named China. <laughs> <laughs> China doll mask, nigga. Just, exactly. just write D O D O L L at the bottom. China, China doll. China, China doll. China doll. Uh-huh. So yeah, so we he's he's like, yo, I gotta liquidate these masks, even if I even if I break even or lose a little bit. Um, he's is like, the label got, written in Chinese? Yeah. Okay, so well, no, 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 no. It says made in China in in English, but it's got like these Chinese markings on it. Um, but he's got five hundred thousand. When you say Chinese oh, markings, they might as well call those blue magic. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> when you say Chinese, no markings, one is mean. going to buy a mask that said in Chinese. You can't even read. It says N. That's all you can see is N ninety five, and the rest of the shit is in Chinese. Nobody's buying that, bro. That's what I'm you saying. Know you know Open them all up and repackage them. You know what? What's crazy about it? It's a good fucking mask. Like I got, it's a good fucking. It's the same mask that Biden is wearing. The little, the shit on the angle. It's a Except good fucking it comes mask. Pre-installed with COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, COVID is extra. You have to pay. Oh. It's an upgrade. That's up. COVID is an upgrade. Tell, tell um, them to open every American, box. Wear our mask. Tell them to so, open every box and repackage them. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to work it out. And the second thing is, is or sell them. To I had I had a client fire me. And oh. I was never, and I was never so happy about anything this entire year with my business. A client fried pain in the fucking ass client fired me. And I was so fucking happy. Have you guys ever had somebody who was such a pain in the ass that every time you engaged with them, you had to like wipe your face, crick your neck before you picked up the fucking phone? It yes. was like that every yes. fucking day. Every they day. weren't paying their di- bill. They were busting our balls. My team is working overtime and triple time, and they were not fucking paying us and busting our balls. And they fired us, and I fucking threw a party. I fucking threw a party at my goddamn desk. Mm. So um, shout out to fucking getting fired or firing a fucking client when they don't act right. So I got fired, and I feel good about it. And and we're moving on to the next one. Congratulations. Congratulations. Cheers. Just sit back, relax, sip on something, and enjoy the show. Well, I am I am super excited about today's episode because we have a legend in the house, mm. historian, mm. collector, mm. artist, poet, journalist, mm. lecturer. And oh, by the way, he also happens to be a world-famous international DJ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Decoding 40, Mr. Rich Medina, welcome yeah. to the show, my brother. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. Yeah. What's up, bro? How are you? Man, I'm I'm doing good, man. Really, really excited to be here with y'all, and uh, you know, crazy time we're in all day. Yeah, man. Really appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, man. That, yeah, that man. goes both ways, you know. Sometimes as artists, you get pulled into these situations, and people say these beautiful things about you and the way you may have affected them. And Alec, Alec, you know, we have a a long, long, long heavy personal connection that would eat up 10 episodes just unpacking <laughs> that you know what i mean but i also have to say that as an artist when you come into a situation where everybody at the the conference table is brown mm. and everybody speaks the queen's english mm. and if they go in the hood they know how to talk 
clean enough not to get beat the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> it's the type of company that a brother need to be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something here, Rich. Uh, not all of us. I don't speak that hood stuff, okay? You know, you saw up with that guy earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, yo, but, uh, real talk, Rich. But I was, I mean, you, you must have some stories about Rick. Rick's over there, like, yo, chill, son, don't talk that. <laughs> <laughs> like, shh. I'm a Venmo you twenty dollars. I'm gonna pay you twenty dollars. That's that's pretty. I brought you here so I could be fanboy tonight, seriously, because I'm about that. So my my first recollection of even hearing of you was ABT. I mean, which is legendary in the city. It was one of the longest running regular nights in in New York, and honestly, that was the best time of my life. Yeah, it was, was. going to ABT on a Wednesday night. Mm. It was so consistently good. Mm. Like, it was just amazing. And then from there, it was like, then I got introduced to you doing Jumpin' Funk. And um, then it was like, he just took it to a whole nother level. Like, yeah. you, you've been one of my favorite DJs. Um, and even exposing me to what, what a, following a good DJ is. So my question to you is like, what brought you to do what you're doing? I mean, like, what was, what was, who inspired you to be the DJ that you are? First of all, thank you for the beautiful words and all these years of friendship, you know, um, trying to make me get a little lightweight emo in here by my home. You know, with regard to influences, you know, praise God, being a, a black kid from the East Coast, coming from folks that came north as Pullman porters and came north through the Underground Railroad. You know, my family was one of the first black families to settle in New Jersey and actually find their own way. Mm. And um, I grew up in the 70s. So there was a great deal to be said for the family unit and what you did at home versus what you did out in the street. Mm. I think all of us can speak to the days of oh, yeah. wilding and then Miss Johnson see you mm -hmm. yeah. and play the oh. cut like Yo, he over here. Wow. Girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you get home and get right. that thing thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So all of that to say, leading into influences, I, my oldest sister, Benita, is 18 years older than me. And her first husband was a roundaway DJ. You know, mm -hmm. BFW, Elks Club, you know, any of those other brotherhood organizations that we saw. All the softer offshoots of the Panthers where brothers were making these little gentlemen clubs that mm -hmm. kind of followed that VFW model, you know what I'm saying? Around my way in Lakewood, New Jersey, he was God body in that space, you know, for, for his age group and what he was doing. You know, uh, jocks in our generation might call it uh, uh, grown and sexy now. Right, right, right. right, right. That, that debate, uh, soul music with melody, harmony, and substance. Grown and sexy. Uh, right. Anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole of language. <laughs> but... You know, he was that dude, Johnny Goomba, Johnny Holmes. I, I call him my brother-in-law to this day. They've been divorced for almost 30 years. Just sitting in the house, watching him Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, carefully stacking seven-inch records in a little pleather suitcase, crushing paper towel tubes or putting hand towels down the belly of the 45 so they didn't rattle and wow. drag. 
all that little nuanced stuff, little stylistic stuff, you know, quarters and nickels and pennies taped straight arm belt drive turntables. It wasn't about mixing or any of the stuff that we do. It was just about being a selector and presenting the atmosphere. Right. So, you know, my, they lived with us till I was 11. Mm. My nephew and I are born on the same day, a year apart. Mm. So that whole influence was just on me. You know, my mm. sister was like, a, you know, it was big mommy and little mommy in my house wow. because she represented that space. And me and Tony and Regina, my, my nephew and niece, that I'm not Uncle Rich. You know, we grew up like brothers and sisters. Right. And when he was home, going through his set or going through his newest batch of records that he bought, we're the bellwether for whether that record bangs or not. Mm. So came to me extremely naturally. And then post him coming into my own it's B-boy shit. Right. You know the drill. You follow what, 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 what was what was that what was that first record that you bought? That really, that you said that I got to take my money and I got to go get this record. First record I ever spent allowance money on was Kiss Alive 2. Mm. I was wow. fascinated with the costumes. I was, I'm, yeah. I'm extremely heavy into art beyond yeah. people see me do publicly for my occupation. Mm. And I've been drawing and painting from childhood and Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, Paul Stanley, everybody else involved with KISS, it was like the Antichrist would have passed. Right. It was fascinating, like like evil superheroes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, 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 and <clears throat> as you all well know as well, in the 70s, I'm 50. I can't speak for everyone here. Mm-hmm. So for me, an hour on the FM radio dial as a kid, I'm hearing Fleetwood Mac, Joan Armatrading, George Benson, Earth, Wind & Fire, Fog Hat, Carly mm. Simon, right. Shaka Khan, in one black radio hour. Mm. So the whole disposition of what a present-day program director is doing because of the payola matrix is the antithesis of that understanding. Mm. And mm. funny enough, to your point about style and all of that, I feel like a lot of my peers and a lot of my friends began to adhere to the 90s model of success, which after the Telecommunications Act became the gingerbread man machine. There was no more authenticity. Mm. Can, we were playing can the you break music. that down? Can you break that down <laughs> for everybody what the Telecommunications Act was and what it so did? In 1996, the Telecommunications Act was passed. And the Telecommunications Act was such that all of a sudden, one company could finally have a monopoly over the radio and FM airwaves. Mm-hmm. That comp enter Radio One, Clear Channel, mm-hmm. Comcast, all these large conglomerates that beyond the television stations and production production spaces that we know which share those spaces. Fucking radio, these cats got a chance to grip up a monopoly. Right. And when they did all of a sudden, the fly coffee shop that everyone's, everybody likes to go to at random is a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And there's a line around the block every morning. Right. And by the time you actually wait on the line and get in there, the coffee don't taste the same. 
right. donuts got pumpkin spice in them. Right. You know, and there's less choices. Pumpkin spice donut, and you only got three choices. Right. Miss mm. Julia, Miss Julia used to make the food. It used to be 38 choices per day, and they changed three times a week. And that's mm. why you show up there, the stylistic fly nigga that you are. Mm. And then we end up getting stuck with Starbucks. <laughs> so you yeah. got choice to with eat twi- with twi- for twice the price. Right. Bomb. Yeah. Oh, you get a choice. You want to chase that model? You want to chase that dragon? For me, artistically, it's the equivalent of going back to a nine to five. Mm. So I stayed in the model that I know, which was breaking records, melody, harmony, key, mixing. Let the third verse play because your man that you want to impress with all your cutting and scratching his girl wants to hear Shaka Khan finish her point. No doubt. Facts. I love it. And that dosey dough as, yeah. as a protocol, as a mindset, yeah. as, a, as a mode, watching New York become what it became post Telecommunications Act and enter your yeah. hot 97s and your, your 1051s and mm-hmm. all the other stations that start to become the home for hip hop. But they're actually the home for rap music. Mm-hmm. So I love the I, point that you're making. I just wanted to jump in real quick. Um, we actually uh, had talked about the documentary, The Social Dilemma, last week. And that sort of is like the precursor of what we're looking at right now because it's this limitation of choices or what we perceive as having this vast array of choices is actually a curated set of choices yeah. that we're being pivoted towards one way or another. Yeah. Um, Jim Jones, we'd be dead in the morning. Mm, mm, absolutely. It's a cult. It's it's funny uh, you were talking. You and I have actually hung out a couple of times because you're friends with Ben Murray, who's Indeed. a great friend of mine. And every time we've been out, though, I've had just a little bit too much to drink, so I'm not quite sure <laughs> <laughs> what we were actually where we were or what we were doing. But we, I do oh remember one God. time you uh, shared a set with DJ Center down on the Lower East Side at a small spot. It was probably an hour set of Fela, but it felt like 13 hours. And I was like, this is the best fucking night I've ever had in my life. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you for that. That, that you, you, your, your blends are fucking amazing, bro. Thank you so much. I, I, I just want to put this out there. We need to figure out a Decoding 40 night where we take over stolen jackets and we have Rich Medina <laughs> DJ. And we They're not ready own, for that. They're not like, ready like, for I, that. I know, I know the world isn't there yet, but we we, we need to... No, I'm saying to, stolen to, jackets is not ready for that. Stolen nah, jackets stolen, is a, stolen nah, jackets stolen is a code jack- name for It, a, it can a, get a ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, stolen jackets would be down, though. They would be I'll down. come through. Are y'all co-sign? I'll show up. Oh, coming coming yeah. 2023. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Mac, hey Mac, I need that. I need that mask combo, though. I need that mask. <laughs> I combo. got you, fam. I got you. Hey, Don't make me. I got, I got you. I, I put the logo on the most. plastic and all that shit. Put your logo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rich Medina, motherfucker. All right. <laughs> so yo, I, I want to say this. I want to say this. I I don't have the relationship that that you have with Alaric, but I want to talk about your impact on my journey. And and then I'll, I'll I'll hand it over to Vin as well. So I knew you were coming on the show. I went to your website first and foremost. I got lost in the music mm. oh, thank you, that man. played on this website. If anybody knows what your workday is like, and you just catch this vibe for a minute and you escape, Rich gave me a solid hour, hour mm. and a half of escape 
And it was a moment that was created just by visiting his website. And I'm saying that in a, as a person who's in marketing, who's in web development, all those kind of things. So that experience was amazing. Let me thank you for that. And I want to honor you and thank acknowledge you, you for man. that, brother. Thank you, man. Number two, I can remember being at APT like it was yesterday, dancing with a beautiful girl, and you was killing it. Thank hmm. you, Amazing. It's like it was yesterday, and it was a thousand years ago. And number three, I am still looking for that Franklin Sesame Street record by G. I cannot lie. You know what I'm talking about? I cannot find that fucking record. I might, I might help you out with that, player. I might no, help. I need that. I, I need that. I need that Franklin record. But but I, I just want to thank you because not only do you create awesome moments, but you create things that I feel like are our audio legacy. And for me, that's what it's about. Like like you you drop things that I feel like these are things that we need to respond to and that we need to acknowledge and that we need to accept. And 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 when I jumped, like I said, when I jumped in that moment in your website, your the audio moment that you created. I had to block out all these other things. And I think that's what good music should do. And I think that's what Amazing, good man. DJs should do. I think they should capture a moment in time and you should remember it. That's what I know you do that for me. I know Bobito has done that for me. I know, like this, there's people that have done that for me and you're one of those people. So I just want to acknowledge you, brother. 100%. That, that's a good thing about really good hip hop music, man. Like, like I'm a Tribe fan forever, right? So you throw on Tribe and it takes me back specifically to a time, place, blunt, whatever, right? Like, <laughs> it could be anything, right? Um, but no, shout, you know, Rich, for real. Um, I went to APT about 100 times with Rick, and I probably don't remember 99 of them. So thank you for providing the soundtrack in the background while I was drinking heavily. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I remember one time it was my birthday. And we were at APTs and um, Dina gave me this shot at the end of the night. It was just some multicolored <laughs> shot. I don't know what the fuck was in it. That was the last shot I remember for that entire night. I went home and was I wound up in the bathtub, yo, because that shit had me. <laughs> yo, I, it's so it's many nights like that. That's Yo, I go, had to get a spam, Greg and Dina. I believe you one hundred percent. Yo, spam was definitely the provider. Like he oh was. Oh my god, yo, yeah, yeah. ridiculous, oh, ridiculous. Oh, she just it. she handed this shit to me like like she was Bill Cosby. She was like, yeah, have this. <laughs> 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 Next thing I know, uh, I was like, what's uh, going on, man? You sure it was your bathtub? Oh, I hope so. Hey, listen, my kid, I did have my kidneys in the morning, so it wasn't that type of party. Thank God. Peace, everybody. This is Rich Medina, and you are now in tune to Decoding 40. APT was such a... How did APT come together? Well... I could paraphrase what I understand about how APT came together, but I can tell you how I was pulled in. Okay. So I was doing a job at a place called Good World in Chinatown underneath the Manhattan Bridge, like right in the base of the Manhattan Bridge from like late 96 to like 98. Mm. It was a shoebox. You, you, 30 people in there was illegal. I would drive. <laughs> From Philadelphia with two turntables, a mixer, a wow. trunk full of records. 
I would plug in and I would play to my heart's content. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew me. I had no, but Bobito is like my, my big brother. I got great relationships in New York, great basketball relationships, great music relationships, but nobody knew who I was. And I was an interloper. I didn't, I'm not a native New Yorker. So I had to get mine honest. So I started in a very tiny place and I told them that for pennies on the dollar, I would come in this room and destroy any disc jockey that you put in here. <laughs> and the lady said, really, you think so? I said, I, I believe it's a fact. You just don't know me well enough. <laughs> she said, well, we're very small, but we can feed you and we'll give you $200 wow. to be here. So That's gas money. Three years. That's gas money. For two in years. 90, in 96, wow. that was a lot of money, son. That was a lot yeah. of money in 96. I mean, granted, 80% of it was eaten up between gas and toll. <laughs> Slowly but surely, everybody that I knew from the spoken word circuit at the New Eurekan is now coming to check me play here. Every ball, my ball guy, Boogie Blind. I played ball with Boogie Blind and Barbito in New York of 15 tournaments. I got a nickname in New York. I'm not even a made guy in New York. So I did that work. You know what I mean? I put my nose to the guy. I had just walked away from a Fortune 500 job, and I was making upwards of six figures at 25 years old, and my boss wanted me to be the poster child, his poster child for diversity. We had 15 people in our district. I was one of three brown people. Mm. I was number two or three in the district every semester, but I was always on the chopping block for being the spokesman for Black perspective. Mm. And when I would speak my clout, it would end up being held against me and I would have to go through these etiquette vocabularies through the company about mm. filtering and media training and how to calm down your point to keep the wow. brass happy. And my whole disposition was fuck the brass. <laughs> right. This finance, insurance. I worked for Procter and Gamble for a year, and then okay. I worked. I sold pharmaceuticals and did marketing for Abbott Laboratory Pharmaceuticals. Wow. Mm. My kind Rick, of dude. Rich, we're gonna have to. We're gonna need you to calm down a little bit. There. <laughs> <laughs> that. You're you're a little aggressive. All you're not that. that kind of drug dealer, my friend. I'm eating all of that on a daily, like hyper microaggressions about how to, to conform, and mm. you know everybody needs to be comfortable. I'm like well, everybody but me. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, not for nothing, bro. But without these suits and all of this executive shit in your tenure. You and me in a closed room and shorts and a tank top, I break you in half. Now you're talking my language. You and me. Talk that talk. You and me in a debate over anything beyond your expertise in pharmaceutical, mm. I will break you in half. Right. No way for me to live. I come from ketchup sandwiches and hard bread. My people mm. get mad shit early. So walking away from that paper didn't spook <laughs> me. I know. I know what sleep for dinner tastes like. I know. Right. I understand. I got a very deep personal relationship with that. Most of the people that know me in this forum, they met me as a grown man when I set my parameters and I put myself in a position to not have to live like that anymore. So the assumption is that I'm on some Jack and Jill Fire Island shit, but I'm not at all. Mm. So I went to New York and I put that work in because New York is for music what Hollywood is for acting. Mm. And I came to New York and I told Bobito, chill, I don't need that cosign. Let me earn it. Homegirl gave me the opportunity and it became a blessing. Mm. And one fine night in 98, there was a blizzard and I was snowed in that building that night when I was DJing. And inside of that building was Farrell Monch, Kweli, Brett Cook, who used to go by Brett Cook Disney. 
a mixed media artist, um, a, a Dia Millette, amazing mixed media artist, and a bunch of other New York players, as we know it, these small rooms where you could be standing next to Grace Jones and your homeboy is two feet away from you or some politician that's super fly and holy shit, they're here, but it's New York, so you don't act holy shit who, you know what I'm saying? And we got snowed in. Snow, from the time I got started playing till four in the morning, the snow was halfway up the door. Mm. And we rocked in that room until about seven in the morning. And every one of those people became a cheerleader for me from there Mm. in a very big way because each of them was a super duper player in their respected arenas. So when they, when Kwali say something about somebody in 98 in New York, nigga Black Star is lava at the time. So, you know, just boom, it's it's dropping a a, a rock in a still pond. Mm. And then we began to outgrow the place. After that, when the spring came, now here comes the crowd because Kwali and Brett Cook and Adia, right. Farrell March, and this one and that. Now one. they now they bringing everybody this year. Rich, this right. long nigga from Philly. This <laughs> nigga. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was going down. Me and the venue owner was friends with DJ Language, who you all also know. I walk in the venue one night that spring '98. And language is in there hooking up his turntables. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you, bro? Ah, you know, uh, uh, Silly is my friend, and then, and they told me I could. I was like, hold the f- time out, bro. I ain't here to shoot the messenger. Go get your homegirl. This is my residency. Right. I drove 98 miles. I ain't never heard shit about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> Homegirl came over, she broke the ice. On my word, ask DJ language. I was like, check this out, dog. When I get tired, you can rock. Mm, wow. I said it with all that bass in my voice. Yeah, you threw the nuts on the turntable. <laughs> like, what? On the other end, I know who on the other end of that but I got to protect my space, right? Right, right. I just left now go get your guap. fucking shine box. <laughs> <laughs> I just left all this guap. I'm rebooting myself, resetting myself, and here comes the right. interloper. Nah, be chill. Mm. That's not gonna happen. And then he rocked that night, and I was like, you know, your hands is a little bit heavy, but <laughs> sonically and taste-wise, <laughs> I rock with you, son. Mm. It was like, you know it was like I fucked with you, but shade, shade. But if you're going to mix like that, you might as well get into David Mancuso school. Be a selector. Mm. If you're going to mix, mix. Do the fucking diligence before you get here. Don't right. be trying your fucking ideas on my watch. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that nigga is satisfactory. If you never dunk yeah. before, don't try your first dunk in a game. Right, right. I didn't practice. That right? nigga was like, hold up, where's my red marker, nigga? Mm. The question like, is, he went and did the fucking knowledge. Mm. Wow. He was man and humble enough to go do the knowledge. And then, now I got a co-pilot. Now all of a sudden my workload decreases. Mm. And coming out of executive space, you know, I guaranteed to hold that 200 mm. and whatever you pay him, that's his fucking problem. Mm. Right. I'm coming from two states away. Mm. Right. Whatever. I forced him into a hard negotiation. Yeah. He, he ate it with, with the humility that you would want 
from someone when you were mm-hmm. speaking on being feeling like your lines are being trespassed. Right. That guy showed right. up and that guy became one of my closest friends because of that. Nope. Then we moved to fun because it was outgrowing Good World. Mm-hmm. When we got to fun, and again, this is 98. So we're going around Good World for two months with any woman that we know in the room that's one of our friends and fans. We give them a, a loose leaf on a clipboard and make them go around the room and collect email addresses. That's early. When we moved to fun, we used that email list on a BCC and we said, this week's password is Munchkin. Mm. 10 p.m. Saturday night. Fun in the LES. Next thing we know, there's 900 people standing outside of fun trying to get in. And these are all the people who are also fed up with the Jiggy era, mm-hmm. mm. fed up with the tail end of the golden era, fed up with the commercialization of our culture at a higher level. And they come to places like us because we are a mirage in the new desert just by sticking to the protocols that we grew up on, mm-hmm. which so. is music is music. Melody is melody. Harmony is harmony. I don't care if you're green with stripes and polka dots. If it's funky, it's funky. Right. And if it's funky, you're going, it's going to be in here at some point. Mm. And just sticking to that model made people treat us like we were doing something special. And but you were. We played possum. We yeah. let them believe that and practiced more and worked harder and shook every hand and kissed every baby. And I'm hanging out with my guys in New York and I see some guys I don't know. He's like, yo, don't go over there. They're goons. I'm like, I don't want nothing from the niggas but to give them a pound. Mm. Right. And then you go to the goons, as we do, dudes from the hood that got out the hood. And when you come back, if you talk to people, right, they're like, yo, man, what up, man? Where you been? How's it going, man? I know you're doing that job thing, man. Good on you, man. Stay the fuck out of here. Go right. to your mom's. We'll take you around and see so-and-so and them, and then get the fuck out of here. You know they shooting on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Right. We all know that that language. I t- applied the same vocabulary in the club. I want to see where the, all the wolves are. Right. I began pushed around by gigantic men on the <laughs> basketball court my entire life. I'm not mm-hmm. concerned about no confrontation mm-hmm. at all. I'm 200 pounds with a brick in my pocket. I am not worried <laughs> any confrontation. Rich, so I have a question for you, Rich, because you're dropping a lot of gems. You got a lot of gems. I got a question for you. Somebody comes to you with a with a bag you've never seen. Mm-hmm. Gazillions of dollars, whatever that number is for you. Mm-hmm. And they ask you to choose between music and basketball. Music. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it just has that longevity. Session proof. Forever. It's a theme for everything. Mm-hmm. You broke, there's a song for it. You just got paid. There's a song for it. You heartbroken? <laughs> you in love? That's true. That's true. That's true. Session proof. The bottom, it's unending. There's only seven notes on the keyboard, but music in and of itself is unending. And is the church that we all attend, whether we are religious or not. So Thank did you, you did you did you make your name in New York before you made your name in Philly? Or were you doing stuff in Philly? Um, before you, you, you came up to New York? I was doing a lot of stuff in Philly before I came to New York. And that's why okay. I was so confident when I got to New York. Because even though New York don't know me, if mm-hmm. they give me a chance, you can rest assured that I'm going to outwork your favorite disc jockey. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to outwork them. I don't care what they've accomplished. I listen to Questlove Supreme a lot. I listen to the podcast. And um, he mentions you a lot. Really? He mentions you a lot. I I mean, just as far as like back in the days coming up, Black Lily, um, um, how things sort of progressed, you always seem to be somewhere in the mix and and some stories that he's told. Yeah. So that's why I was curious about what was happening in Philly because I was in Philly cutting my teeth from night. I moved here. I moved to Philly in 1992. I got out of school May of 92. I played a season of semi-pro ball in the United States Basketball League. I had a mild shoulder injury that turned into something more serious. I went to a a world basketball organization combo camp, Hmm. played pretty well. And one play during the day, I stole a pass and dunked the ball, hurt my shoulder a little bit, didn't think anything of it. And it ended up being that. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Impingement syndrome. And I was one of those guys that was, I was probably about four or five years away from the league. You know what I mean? I was that dude. I was going to have to play on, this is pre-D league now. This is CBA, USBA. Right, right, right. Right? So I would have had to cut my teeth for a hot minute, put on some muscle, put on some gusto, enhance certain parts of my game to even get a 10-day contract. Mm -hmm. But reality struck. Can't run and jump your whole life. Black man with an Ivy League degree is a loaded gun in the business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> made you go to this school. Right. Round, round, round. <laughs> That's how I ended up in Philadelphia. But what made you gravitate towards Philly, though? What was there? What energy was there that pulled you? Paper. Mm. Job. Mm. I, had a, I, I interviewed with 13 companies my senior year. I had 10 job offers coming out of school. I turned them all down to try to play basketball. Mm-hmm. When I got hurt, my college coach, who happens to be Jan Van Bredikoff, and my high school coach, a gentleman by the name of John Pot Richardson, who changed my life completely. Those people got together with my mom and some other men that cared about, cared for me as a young man. And they reached out to those companies and asked if they would reopen those offers. And five of them did. Wow. And one of them was Procter & Gamble. Mm-hmm. And I took that job here in Philadelphia because... For all those unaware, Procter & Gamble is a boot camp of salesmanship. Procter & Gamble is notorious for their ability to teach an executive how to close a sale. Mm-hmm. And the same mentors were like, you can go to Lilly. The Eli Lilly offer is double that. You can go to Johnson & Johnson, but you're going to be in a marketing room all day listening to people that aren't going to listen to you. Or you can be a territory sales rep with these guys for 40 grand a year. And have some freedom while you figure yourself out when you while you're shaking off the fact that you just got finished playing a season of pro basketball. Mm. I just went from a semi-pro athlete to driving a company car with a brick phone, answering to a guy that can't bust a grape in a food fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I ended up in Philly. And when I got to Philly, before I bought any furniture, before I did anything, I went home. I got my records. I got my turntables. I got all my equipment. And that was my shrink. And I was mm. in the 40s and chain smoking cigarettes and chain smoking the most bush bullshit weed you have ever smoked in your life. <laughs> trying to get around, get my head around this trajectory that I just sent myself on. Mm. My dreams just got shattered. You know, mm. I wanted to be in the fucking NBA. What, what was the first gig you? ever got paid to DJ? 
First gig I ever got paid to DJ was at Sadie Hawkins Dance at Lakewood Middle School, 1985. Wow. Wow. How, how much did you get? 50 bucks. Wow. That's big money. Hell yeah. Shout out. Shout yeah. out to them. Yeah, me and my man Jermaine Ferguson and another buddy of mine, Bobby Worrell, the next year after five or six more school parties, we put our little money together and we bought a pair of electro voice speakers from our high school sophomore science teacher, Mr. Scott, who was our DJ for the high school parties when Bassy, Scorpio, Reality, DJ Cheese, and all the other cats from around my way were unavailable. Mr. Scott wow. would do the party, so I bought my first piece of equipment from my high school science teacher. DJ Science. It was nice too on the low. He had a little like the AC Green wet shag. But that nigga was nice on the wheel. We're going to slow it down. We're going to slow it down. Super wristband, thick ass headband. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you got a guy, if you got a girl with you right now, go ahead and slow it down right now. I'm a lifelong B boy. I've been B boy my entire life. I'm a hip hop guy. I don't necessarily like all rap music. I'm a hip-hop guy. Mm. I'm on B-Boy shit. Trust the elements, find your knowledge yourself, and let that guide you into what's going to be who you're going to be. Because you got to use your physicality. You got to use your rhythm. You got to use your your spatial awareness. And you got to use your knowledge yourself. So hip-hop fortified me with all the jewelry I need to get out in the world and make something of myself. Because... What happens to black people is a bellwether for what happens to everybody else in the world. So, so, Rich, I'm sure if you could give us a history lesson for the next three and a half months. But what we would like to do is we would like Vin to ask you about the stories because we know you got stories. So mm-hmm. we're going to ask you. We'd like to do a round of true and false with mm-hmm. you, brother, if you with it. So he's going to ask you true, true or false if these things are these things that happened in hip hop. Vin, you ready? I'm ready. One, two, one, two. Is this thing on? What up? It's your man, Rich Medina. And when I'm not running cats over with this vinyl, paying a lot of attention to decoding 40. These brothers know what they're talking about. True or false with Rich Medina? True or false? Is it true that you uh, actually had a sexual relationship with uh, Janet Jackson? False. You know, I heard that. I heard you uh, you, you guys had a little thing going on there. You got me mixed up with Betty Medina. Somebody else that got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all look alike. All the Medina boys. It's a lot of Medinas laying hey, pipe now. Hey, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can't call that one. Okay. Well, this is not really a true or false. Any celebrity chicks? Relations? Relations. He's like, is she celebrity? I had a moment in the early nineties. Oh. Wow, still fantastic friends to this day. There's nothing shady, nothing shysty, nothing funky okay. to it. We were young. We were in the when I moved to Philadelphia. Her and Ursula Rucker were destroying. Oh, the- Ursula Rucker, that's a name I haven't heard in a minute. When I came into the poetry community. Mm. She was mean, 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 yeah. mean. Blew my mind, and we had a we had a hot moment, but both realized that uh, our friendship 
is a real thing. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, a fluky moment. And praise God, I, I was on the phone with her for an hour two days ago. Wow. Fantastic. Bill Scott. And I want, I want to reiterate in the age of COVID and the age of misinformation, that interaction was extremely positive right. and extremely right. fortifying for mm-hmm. me. I right. have zero negativity about that woman or that mm-hmm. instance or those times. I speak of it with the highest mm. positivity and honor. I mean, it's Jill Scott, man. You can't get, you can't say nothing about Jill Scott, man. That's... Even if you can, you can. Yeah, you yeah, can. Right, you can. Right. Who the fuck? Yeah, Who's yeah. gonna believe it? So, true, true or false? You have over ten thousand records. True. Uh, wow. How many you got right now? There's probably between thirty and thirty-two thousand records in here. Do you buy? Do you buy collections, or are you still like going out and digging in the crates? Jesus, he's got a super studio back there. All right, so yeah. next next time we're in Philly, we're doing a show from Rich's crib. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> I'll be honored. I'll be honored. <laughs> we're going to do it from the. We're going to do from the cave of, of Rich Medina. Figure <laughs> <laughs> in the background. That would be dope. Well, is, is is there an album that you have not been able to get your hands on yet that you are what's what's one that you really want to get your hands on one album that i really want to get my hands on man shit where do you start what's that shit where you're like yo if i get this shit i inherited a copy of Hen- henry franklin the skipper black jazz records mm top of the food chain spiritual jazz business hard body karate very independent mm-hmm. boutique private press black owned black run record label and i inherited i have the entire catalog mm-hmm. i think there's i want to and my dj friends will correct me but i believe there's 19 records in the catalog i have them all but the henry franklin that i have i inherited from my sister and you know, is beat to shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I haven't been able to find a crispy mint copy of that for a price that I, I can live with. Mm. Uh, that record haunts me every day. Mm. <laughs> it haunts me, man. You would rather collect or spin? Mm. Spin. Mm. Because the people, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, you know, I take this job as if it's a, it's my job to send you home better than you were when you got to me. Mm. I take that job yeah. seriously. It's very important to me that that is the case, whether we're in a personal dialogue or whether we're in a musical or social environment exchange. I want to try to represent a disposition that puts a battery in brothers back to do better, or do mm. hard, or go, go heavier, or look into it a little bit deeper. And I'm not saying that I got the most deep answers for everything or i'm the person necessarily to even do that but you know some people go to church every sunday some people go to certain clubs on Mm. certain nights of the week to find god Mm -hmm. facts yeah 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 i love that you said that because there's a line that has always resonated with me and i've said it jokingly to myself but i think it's so true last night a dj saved my life yeah no it's it's so like like what like you guys do mission work it's no it's it's not too high to say that it's not no. too large to say and that. those of you on the other side of it that respond to those smoke signals mm. smoke signals of your own mm-hmm. is the reason why that's true mm. Mm. Right. 
You are the reason you could say that to a guy like me. Mm. Mm. Right. If a tree falls in the wood and nobody's listening, nobody hears it. Right. Right. I could come with all my fly gusto. But if I don't got the clientele that's got the vocabulary and the etiquette to absorb my delivery the way I deliver it, I don't candy coat my shit. Mm. I'm filter. I'm like, hold that. Hold that. Oh, you right. don't like that? Okay, give, mm. it give me three minutes. Let it finish. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they like it. Right, 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 right. Fuck tight, nigga. This is not. <laughs> right. Pull out. Give me three minutes, my nigga. You spent $10. You're going to split over two minutes of being upset? Mm. <laughs> Balling like that? Let me hold some. Mm. <laughs> or calm the fuck down. Right. The whole room is in motion. I can understand if this ain't your favorite song. It's not necessarily mine either, but I got a job to do. Yeah, right. Yo, how annoying are those motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah. Can you, uh, uh, Hyper you, you got a, you got a Beyonce record you can put on there? Those are, the cats that fuck it up. those are the cats that fuck up the request line conversation. Right. <laughs> request is not a bad thing. Oh, shit. Coming to you to make a request, that's not a problem. Mm. More often than not, it's your fucking disposition. Mm. Mm. Because you come from all the way over there. I can see you burning. Why you ain't play uh, my song yet? The room is cooking. Niggas is banging on the dance floor. Come on, dog. I've had cats burn $100 bills in my face. I've had cats throw drinks over the booth just because. Just, Just because. because he's uh, his internet died. Uh, I thought I froze. Yeah, so did oh, I. Did damn. Not, yeah. not so everybody else move. I was like, oh, yeah. stop me. <laughs> Leon was oh, like, it's me. Just- no, that means that means his shit died. His shit died. That's cool. Oh, That's cool. Man. That's cool. Oh, this was such a fucking good interview, man. Yeah, man. That's all right. Yeah, That's all right. He, his, so, his, um, we'll wait for him back to come back. Yeah, let's yeah. let's do um this week's libation. So, yeah. So, what are we drinking, fellas? This week's libation. I found uh, this little gem called Cedar Ridge. It's an Iowa, oh, Iowa bourbon whiskey. I like small it. batch. And I asked the guy in the store, like, w- if he had an opinion about this, if he ever tried it. And he said it literally came in today. And I was like, okay, give me that. I'll take mm. it. And it was thirty bucks. Nice. And it's 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 good. I definitely would. I would definitely buy this one again. How much Are did you, you drink? The, the bottle looked empty. Well, I actually started. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started Saturday night. Saturday yeah. night. I bought it on Saturday, and then I and I bought a couple. I bought a couple of cigars. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta open this one. Are, are you and the owner of the liquor store on a first name basis yet? No, 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 no. Hey, there, buddy, how you doing, there, tough guy? Are you heading in that direction? <laughs> No, but he he was down the block from the cigar spot, so that's why I stopped in there. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. I figured they would have some good bourbons, and and they actually did. So that's a, that's definitely a thumbs up. Nice. I'm drinking the Akashi again. I'm I'm trying to knock this off. Uh, it's a whiskey product. I want to try that. It's it's really good. It's really good. Akashi. Whiskey. 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 Can, can, you, whiskey. can you send me how to spell that? How to spell that joint? Yeah. Send, it's, send it to oh, me. it's too light. Oh, there yeah. it is. Ak- Akashi. Okay. okay. I think it's like it's isn't that. 
isn't that how you spell Takashi, but without the T? I he think knows so. that. He knows how to spell that for sure. Takashi. You forgot the six nine. You forgot the six. So I finally, from when Pause. the pandemic started, when the pandemic started, I bought a ton of liquor. I have literally, I finally finished all my liquor from the pandemic. So my Woodford Reserve is what I drank tonight. Done. That's it. My Uncle Nearest, I drank Done. that tonight. Done. So all my whiskey, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. That's it. We're done. Gotta, I got to hit the liquor store. You're done, done. So that's it. So I did Woodford and uh, Uncle Nearest tonight. All, two of our favorites. Two of our favorites. That's what's up. And Vince drinking vitamin water. Thank you, 50 Cent. Vince, thank you. What are you drinking? Mm. How are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the bear is poking me. Don't you supposed to poke the bear, but the bear's poking back. Oh, no, nah, I'm not drinking anything. I, I abstain. Yeah, abstain. <laughs> 40. I want to have Beanie Siegel in the studio at Rich Medina crib talking that shit. I want to interview fucking Beanie Siegel. That's, That's my guy. He he was one of the most prolific rappers mm. of that generation. Easy. And he's he he squandered it. No, I don't think he squandered it. No, I don't think he squandered it. I think there were a lot of external forces that were pre- were putting pressure on his movement and I think there were a lot of external forces and I think there were a lot of things that were out of his hands. And can I also say this? I think that ha- there has to be something to be said for, and I had this similar such, uh, conversation about Lauren Hill. I think certain artists, they give us what we need in a moment and we want mm. them to be bigger and more than whatever we imagine. Mm-hmm. But when I think about Beanie Siegel, that Truth album, that shit was so special to me. Mm-hmm. The entire album was so special. He didn't have to make anything else for me. That album is amazing to me. So is the Dynasty. Dynasty. Dynasty, Dynasty too. His contribution to the Dynasty is, is absolutely and positively immeasurable. Can I say when I, when I say the talent is squandered, I mean that he was only able to capture that moment. He wasn't able to transcend. But he did. That moment. For me. For me, but he did. I think it and depends on who is. you are. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think it, he, it does depend on where you, who you are, where you yeah. come from, what what your life is, what your lifestyle what you is. Like, yes, yes, yeah. All of that, all of that matters. But he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't. I don't know if maybe it was the people around him, or or if maybe his mindset wasn't there. But he couldn't escape where he was from, and I think ultimately. That's what got him trapped. I don't know. I would love to talk to him about it. I would love to talk to him about it. I, 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 would, I would love to let him talk about it. Like he's like, I'm Philly till I die. I'm gonna take care of you. 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 But I don't know that he took care of Beanie Siegel. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, I would love to have that that conversation. Oh, he's he's back. Back. there he goes. Yeah, he came he's, back. He's back. There's that man again. Comcast got the COVID in my hood. Comcast got part of a funky mask on my shit. Your infrastructure got compromised, brother. They don't me. I paid this bill. You started dropping too many gems. If it was like, 
If it was my peeper and you couldn't beat me and get at me, then you know, yeah, that nigga. <laughs> Tell his, cut this brother off. He's talking too many secrets. Cut him off. Cut the brother off. Them alphabet boys don't like brothers that talk too many shit. Yeah, how about that? I don't know where we got lost. I apologize for. I think neither, that's all right. I don't think, worry. I, neither do we. <laughs> man after my own heart. <laughs> We're going to be friends for life. Yeah, yeah. You're here now, motherfucker. You're here now. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Cheers. You see Cheers. me? I chased that thing all the way to the bottom. That's no, no. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, matter of fact. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking Captain Morgan and Coke. Mm, yeah. Old school. That's old school. The, I, <laughs> funny story. I went to Cornell. Hockey, motherfucking central. <laughs> lacrosse ass niggas <laughs> sandals in February ass what's niggas. up bro <laughs> and what's up bro some liquor mixing <laughs> trashy weekend show up in class on Monday and somehow mm. still get it in I was you drinking look, them motherfuckers for four years. Uh, that's <laughs> Rich, Rich, you look like a, a Canadian miss man. Because from that region of, of the area, this, this you Canadian know, miss. I, I have had my share of low and brow experiences. I, uh, uh, I uh, believe that Budweiser is the king, even though uh, I don't worship. Uh, so, you know, we, 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 we on the same page. Listen, man, when, listen, when you're broke and in college, You'll drink anything. Sure, will. You will drink. They, they used to. We used to get these beers uh, at Kroger's in, in North Carolina when I was. I went. I went to NCCU, right? So mm-hmm. it was eight beers for three dollars and fifty cents, mm-hmm. and it was like there was literally they were like eight ounce beers, and it was three fifty for eight of them, and it was like a bear on the fucking can. And all I know is that you get to like four or five of them shits, and you was fucked up. And it was three fifty. <laughs> well, you couldn't go wrong with that. We wasn't trying to drink to be to, to be social. We're trying to get drink to get fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. You're you right. Know. That's exactly what we did. We got tore down. Yes. Yes. So I, I had my I, whole money and fell into one drink, and I've been drinking rum and coke since October of 1992. Wow. 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 On the regular, they don't ask me what I want. They check to see if my glass is light. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite rum? Man, Baban Cools, Zacapa, Diplomatico, Don DeMarco. Ooh, Diplomatico. That was my joint. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, brown, I'm a spice rum guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You like Brugal? It, it works with my, yeah, Brugal. Brugal. Yeah. All these guys, you know what I'm Yo, saying? A, a risk can hang out with me. With Yo, Brugal <laughs> is what we were drinking in the DR. It works yeah, with yeah, my yeah. mouth. You know? <laughs> Yo. Flood out. I could flood out yes. and still be yeah. here. You'll yeah. know I'm loose. But I'm here. Mm-hmm. Any other shit? Yo, that Brugal, I, 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 my, all my Dominican friends I used to work with when I worked at AAA, we used to go to my man's garage and he used to pull out that bottle. And the big net, right? Yo, with the fucking <laughs> fish net on my, <laughs> Yo, you could fucking catch a fish and get drunk <laughs> with a fucking bottle of Brugal, right? You got a fucking fish net. You can catch a fucking a uh, trout. Where the fuck have y'all been in all my life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's what the fuck going on, B? Yo, crazy. Late niggas. We, 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 went, we, well, Rick, we all know the same people. We yeah, all kind exactly. of know the same people. We really do, man. I mean, the longer we talk, I can see each of mm-hmm. your faces. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously. Yeah. Now that we're talking, 
It yeah. takes a hot minute for me to dig down. Mm-hmm. I seen you across the room and gave you a fist bump or yeah. a, a, yeah. Yeah. And a hug yeah. a million fucking times. Yeah, you know absolutely. Now you're talking yeah. about yeah. hurricane. <laughs> but now I want to say real quick, I've been doing the black ass. When me and Mac were in uh, DR and we were trying to figure out what we were going to drink one night, one of the nights, the super fine uh, bartender says, Poppy, what are you going to drink? And we're like, I don't, we don't know. She's like, you're going to drink this, Poppy. Look out, look out. And Leon was like, all right, that's what we drink. <laughs> don't worry, Poppy, it's going to be okay. And this shit was dirt cheap. Hold on. It was oh, dirt cheap, right? It was dirt cheap. You could get the big giant bottle and it was like $30. $30. It was one more. That's it. Hold on. One more. Finish? One more bottle, Poppy. We're going to have that you know that that Washington Heights shit. That's Bobby. it, Bobby. No, 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 no. Bobby, this is what you want to do. They come to the seventh floor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And he froze again. He's thinking oh, no. about it. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Rich Medina for joining us, even though he froze out a little bit. We appreciate everybody for listening. This has been another exciting episode of the coding 40 we hope you've enjoyed this we hope you're having fun we hope your family is safe in all of these trying times we love you guys peace out from the decoding 40 crew follow us on social media and buy us a cup of coffee at buy me a cup of coffee backslash decoding 40 we appreciate you guys and by the way that doesn't have to be for coffee you can buy us a drink we love you guys follow us on social tell people about us we'll see you next week peace register to vote peace Peace every friday peace Decoding 40.